Hello and welcome to episode 219 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Wow, today's episode is a huge one. A guest that I had on the list when I first started podcasting in my top 10 names of people I really want on Mark and Me. I'm absolutely thrilled to announce that on today's episode, I'm joined by Jim Adkins from the absolutely awesome band, Jimmy Eat World. I've been a huge fan of Jimmy Eat World for over 20 years. I remember when I first, I think I was doing work experience or working in Virgin Megastore and Bleed American came out. I heard that opening few choruses and I was hooked. And as a bit of a nerd, I went and ordered the actual US release so it actually said Bleed American on it because I think it was banned in the UK. Since then, I went back and listened to stuff like Clarity, which now is in my top 10 albums of all time. Since, honestly, Futures, all these amazing albums that have come out since have been just mind-blowing. And for me, Jim Adkins, honestly, there isn't anyone out there that can write a chorus as good as him. Those hooks, those melodies, they will stay in your head for ages. And that's why Jimmy Eat World are one of my favourite bands. So I'm thrilled that he's joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. This interview was recorded last weekend at the 2000 Trees Music Festival. They were the headline act on the Thursday night and were absolutely awesome. Hit after hit, it was just a perfect set list. And I was lucky enough to sit down with Jim face to face and record this interview. And that's coming up in just a couple of moments time. But before we get to that, let's touch base and talk about my last episode. I was joined by Riley and Eddie from also one of the best bands on the planet, Thrice. This was another interview that took place at 2000 Trees and blew my mind. The numbers have been huge. So many new listeners, so many downloads. And I just want to say now a massive thanks. I couldn't ask for a response that big and it was just amazing. And thanks to the guys from Thrice as well that have fed back and said they really enjoyed coming on and also shared the episodes themselves. That's why I think it's been so successful. But today, it's all about Jimmy Eat World, and I'm thrilled to say it out loud, here's me and Jim talking all things music. me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. Jim, what I want to do today for anyone that's just tuning in is tell me about that very first album that you remember buying that made you want to be in a band. Uh, it's probably Quiet Riot Metal Health. Wow, that's a hell of a choice. Yeah, well I mean it had the scariest cover. <laughs> How old were you I was like, I want that. Uh, maybe eight. Jesus Christ, dude. And then where'd you go after that? That's a hell of a foundation after to build that, on. After that, you go to Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. Oh, he knows this. He's a professional. Carry on. Actually, I, you know, actually, before Quiet Riot, it was probably Duff Leopard, Pyromania. Wow. Dude, how'd you get these albums so young? I was really... Green Day Dookie was my first one at 14. Because yeah. I knew the code to, to, to get into um, MTV on cable. Oh, this is how you do it. That you my parents are trying to hide because it was, it was the height of the satanic panic times. Were these on, like, Beavis and Butted episodes or something? I was previously to that, yeah. Wow. This is cool. So what was that first gig you went to that made you want to then be in a band? Because obviously going to see a band for the first um, time. Well, I mean, it was, it was probably before I started going to gigs that I wanted to be in a band. Because that's why I started playing guitar. Yep. Because it was just 
Was cool. it like the cool thing yeah. to do? I guess it's sort of like playing in a band and playing a, playing guitars in general seemed like that's what you do. Like there's not like why would you why would you play guitar just to like kick it playing guitar? No, you got to be out rocking. And did you stand in front of the mirror? Because I did. Wanting to be, I was like, wanted to be Kurt Cobain. Were you standing there with the guitar, going, "I just want to fucking play on stage"? Um, I just wanted like, I just wanted like the wall of water to fall on me, like the Duran Duran reflex video. And I thought playing guitar is probably the quickest route to that. Had yet to make that gag happen. <laughs> true. <laughs> but Beginning to think that was just a, a, a made-for-television kind of effect. And, and did you ever believe that you'd ha- then one day be able to go into a shop and they would have a Fender? Guitar no, oh made no. with your name on it. No, no, never. I own that Telecaster, by the oh, way. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. It's a yeah, fucking no, it's beautiful guitar. Oh thanks. Yeah, we 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 sort of worked at it to make it like everything you need and nothing you don't need. You know. I love but it. Some man. people some people make like custom guitars, like like artist series guitars with a bunch of stuff that just makes it more expensive. That doesn't really do anything for how it sounds or plays. It's all about those humbuckers. It kind of is all about the P90s, yeah. P90s is where yeah. it's at. That's how you get the chug. Yeah, it's a good. The Seymour Duncan ones. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if any of this is really what you want to talk I about. Want it. But like, this is what the fans like. They yeah. don't need to hear about all it your favorite good, love songs. It makes songs. a good combination of tough, but yeah, it's still kind of a open feeling. You know, airy, jangly, but you can dress it up or down. I love it, dude. Yeah. Right. Clarity for me, genuinely, is my top five albums of all time. It's a textbook album. When I, when I was growing up, that's the album oh, that thanks. I listened to that made me want to pick up the guitar. I was never successful. I didn't make it in a band. But that album is a textbook album. Do you realize that you wrote something there that helped so many other bands right now that are probably playing on this lineup become who they are today? No, that is really wild. I mean, when we made Clarity, there wasn't really many people who um, knew who we were. There certainly wasn't like anyone waiting for that record to come out, you know. But we were sort of like in a bubble in obscurity, and um, I don't know. We we just approached that like maybe this is the last time we get a chance to work in a record studio. We're gonna go all in on this. We're gonna rent timpani today because we don't know when we're ever ever get a chance to try this stuff again. Do you do that still today? Like, this is, like, our last go at it? Because then you're always going to just never, like, rest on yeah. your laurels. Yeah, you definitely should. I mean, because one day that'll be true. That's a sad fact. That's a real drop, but it's so true. Like, it would be the last gig. It would be the last recording. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess not in a... Maybe that's a maybe that that is a little bit... If You, you can look at that in a morbid way, too, but I look at it more of, like... It's, uh, you know, it's important just to savor it and be present with it while you're there. In that moment. Yeah, like, it, you know, it is a big deal to make make a record in a studio. You know, like, a lot of people don't get that chance. And, if, and a lot of people don't continue to get that chance, and we've been really fortunate to continue to get that chance. So why and how do you still keep going today? Because I had bands on recently like Incubus, and I asked the question, like, over 20 years of playing music, 20 years of touring, but you've just released a new single, and it could be your debut single. There's so much energy, passion, drive, and you oh, still thanks. have it like you had it 20 years ago. What is it that is different? Because so many bands break up, so many bands just can't do it anymore. But you're so hungry. You're, you're headlining a festival tonight, and you've still got the passion that you had when you started out. 
like I said, I think it just comes down to uh, savoring it. You know, if it's um, if this wasn't still rewarding for us, we wouldn't do this. You know, because um, uh, even as great as it as it can be, there's still a lot of sacrifice you make to do it. Yeah. You know. Um, and I guess this is this is true for whatever you choose to do with your life. There's a cosmic number of things you could do instead, and you'll have to reckon with the fact that you're missing out on those. So you better make what you're doing rewarding. And if it's not rewarding, you need to do something else, or you need to like check your expectations, or find some way that it is rewarding again, because you're just wasting your time. So, so during that pandemic of two years of not doing Jimmy Eat World, was there ever a moment you had chance to reevaluate and think to yourself, is this still rewarding or did it make you come back even more hungry because you had been starved of it for two years? Uh, all of that, yes. <laughs> I definitely, I mean, I definitely feel more hungry now for it than ever, you know, simply for the fact that it was taken away without our, without it being our choice. Um, but yeah, there's a moment there, you know, like I, I know that I will always be involved in playing music to some degree forever. Whether or not I'm in a band playing rock music forever, I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Um, but, you know, as far as like making it your life's work, you also have to eat. <laughs> you also have to like pay for housing. So, um if your entire industry is, is handicapped like that and you, 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 you know, your main source of income goes away, it's like, what do you, it did cause me to think about like, oh, what the, you know, I have no other thing I do. Like, this is everything. You're like, uh, you know, like I dropped out of college to go on tour and I haven't really kept up with my studies, so I don't really have a, 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 a training in much else. Is this then? Is is this or nothing else? It's just that's that's you. Well, I mean, you know, it, it definitely caused me to for for a minute there to seriously look at what my other options were. If you suddenly quit this band, I don't want to be responsible for this. You suddenly go back to university next week now. Yeah, I'm gonna have a band meeting right after this. <laughs> oh this stuff God. is played out. I am so sorry. Thanks a lot for talking yeah, with me, man. I really so appreciate much. you setting me straight I on my really life. Love this. You're now gonna go to university and become a scientist. No, I probably wouldn't go there. I do. I do like physics and math, though. Like, I'd, I'm not like terribly great at it. But movie directing, <laughs> <laughs> movie directing. I mean, like film and movie stuff is really fun. But not as. But anything. I don't know. I mean, you know how many people are doing that? Like, yeah. There's a lot of people have a head start on that. There's that, that's the thing when you start thinking about it. Like, how long does it take to get really good at something? To where you're not only competent, but you're able to execute things that are that you feel are. Uh, uh, good enough to put in front of people. You know, it takes is, a while. This is making me think a lot more than I expected. I'm going to be like not doing any more press today and just sat there like this. Just bummed out. Like, what am I doing? And you're headlining tonight. Yeah. Do you feel there's any pressure? Like, do you think to yourself, oh my God, or do you just take it and think, I'm just going to have the time of my life? Uh, you know, there's like, I guess there's a little bit of pressure, but it's not, I wouldn't say greatly higher than the pressure we put on ourselves or any of these shows we've done since the pandemic uh, as kind of the the restrictions have loosened up. I mean, it's 
It's a big deal. The it sort of makes everything more of a big deal. And there's a definitely definitely a heightened appreciation for anybody that takes the time to come out and support us while we're taking part in this. So I guess there's a pressure to play well and to try to connect with people and uh, there's a pressure to have fun. And you've got a new album, I'm sure, because you've just teased us with a single. So are we looking at an album coming soon? That's a good question. Are you allowed to tell me anything? I don't know. Um, I don't think we're going to put it out on an album anytime soon. I feel like, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a... We were thinking about, like, how are we going to put out new music? Because Surviving came out in October of 2019... Um, was that when I met you doing this? 2019? Yeah. Jesus, dude. Uh-huh. That's not... That's, that's weird, that's right? That's fucking crazy. I thought it was yeah. last year. It, was, it, feels like, it feels like just yesterday, but it was actually almost two and a half, three years oh ago. Oh, my God. So we were thinking, like, okay, we're headlining this festival in the UK. Like, is anyone really going to be stoked on an album that came out two and a half years ago? <laughs> like, it's sort of like point. not... I mean, for me personally, that's when records start actually taking on a, a meaning when you have time to live with it but it's not exactly a story anymore you know so what are we going to do you know um, let me start thinking about like how people consume music I think it's rare even like hardcore fans you know to have that to really set aside the time it takes for like an entire album of material to really uh you know, develop those associations with. It takes time. And there's so much competition for your time, and you got shit to do, you know? Um, I worry that music's too disposable now. It's like Netflix. Spotify's like, listen to a song, oh, I can't be bothered, next. And I used to buy an album for £12, sit there, smell the inlay, read all the lyrics, treasure it, and be like, I've spent £12 on this. Even if it's not a great album, I'm going to make myself fall in love. But... Sure. Now you release a song and it's like, okay, next, next, and it's like that was great. What else you got? Yeah, I, there's, no one's got any patience anymore well, to let an album kind of digest. Yeah, I think I think still the right people that it might connect with will uh, flag it for repeat listens, you know, and come back to it. Um, but you know, your more casual listener. It is, it is like, a, you know, if, if you put a song in front of somebody, a lot of people have time for that. They'll check it out. They'll give it a shot. Maybe in a way, asking somebody whether they're a hardcore fan or, like, just kind of curious to check out a song kind of gives that song a better shot of actually being digested than track nine on your album, you know. Of course, people are going to get to it. Like maybe now, like maybe now, Diamond on uh, on surviving has kind of like has found its way to, to earworm into people's like consciousness, but but you know it's 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 a lot to ask people, so we're you know we're just for probably the rest of this year we're just sort of experimenting with like meeting people where they're at with how they consume music. It's interesting because you've gone through the whole cycle of people queuing up at record stores, going absolutely insane for CDs the streaming world taking over and you've you've come through the whole thing it's it's it must be a bit hard to get your head around like how the times oh, it's have so changed. trippy it's a crazy like i'm really 
I'm really grateful for our experience in that we, we came up right when, um, you know, the, the music industry was still this insane behemoth thing when we started, uh, when we started out. Yeah. And, you know, we sort of snuck in under the radar at like the bigger labels right away. And we watched this machi- this giant machine die in front of us, you know, like it's wild. And now it's it's just the wild west, which is exciting and empowering, and also uh, a completely different way to look at things. I think it makes people appreciate live music more. I think people are yes. You've got to go out there. Used to get tickets to Metallica once every five years. Now they're playing all year round, like Pearl Jam and stuff, because that's the way to make money. That's the way to be in a living in a band. So it's making bands work harder, go out there. Yeah, so you better be good because people are paying money to be in front of you. So what do you got? Yeah. They're not going to come back again if if you suck. And that's that's the way it is. But it's... That is the ultimate, like, leveler of things. Because, like, you're right. um, I can can do some some quirky little thing on TikTok and it, it blows up. And then I take that in front of people and I better, I better have something real or that's it. Yeah, one hit wonder. Yeah, exactly. If anyone's listening today that's in a band that's starting out, what advice do you give them in an industry that is so hard to kind of get your name out there? Um, I'd say that, you know, there are smart choices you can make about the opportunities in front of you, but nobody has the thing that is going to propel you to a level of financial security or mainstream success. If they tell you that they do, they're selling you something and you should run. So with that in mind, I think that you got to focus on the things you can control, which really has always been just be proud of the things that you put your name on and be excited and be honest with yourself about what you're excited to work on and work on that. Because there's nothing more of a turnoff than trying to chase somebody's approval. And people listening to your stuff, they'll know. And it's they'll so move transparent. On. They'll it move really right is. on if, if, if it sounds like, oh, God, these, these people are just trying to be this. Yeah. And that's what I respect about you yeah. guys. You are Jimmy World. You're not going to suddenly change and be a country and western band tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, but that being said, though, I think everybody starts off emulating their record collection. Yeah. So that's fine. You know, but if you're excited about that, cool. You know, eventually you keep at it and you'll find a voice that you that is, arises that feels like yours. Then you'll know it when that happens. You know, lean into that. I've got one more question for you today, and it's not an easy one. And people in bands really struggle with this. The final piece of music that's played after this interview today is chosen by the guest. So on the spot, you can have any song by any band, but I want to know the meaning behind it. What is the perfect song today? This is all edited. It's gone out there for the world to listen to. What is your song choice of a song that means so much to you that you want to be today's outro song? Cheap Trick, The Flame. I love how quick he was with that. That's insane. And what's the reason? Um, I've been listening to that a lot after our shows. And, uh, you know, it's sort of a, it is kind of a a silly song in a way because it's, you know, the height of the power ballad madness in the 80s or 90s. Um, but he just nails that high note, man. It's just like, yeah, okay. 
He's into it. He's into it. I don't know. There's just something about it that just like gives me chills in a weird way. Do you know, I've never got into Cheap Trick, not because I don't like them. I've never just invested. And a lot of people are telling me, what the fuck? You should listen to this band. I need to get it's and probably do not, this. It's probably not the era of Cheap Trick a lot of people would say start with. No. Where, where do I start, dude? It's, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the like if you started listening to Bruce Springsteen in Tunnel of Love era. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's still exactly his writing and songs, but it's just definitely it's a little bit different. Where do I start? I don't know. I'm not really that big of a Cheap Trick fan either. To tell you the truth, <laughs> the that best is, that song. That just the song greatest is like, hits. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, dude. This yeah, is for me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Your time is gold, and honestly, I I can't wait for tonight's headline set. It's going to be awesome. We better not suck then. No, otherwise you've let me down. Yeah. And then you don't want to do that. Deal. That's fair. Deal. We'll, we'll, this pressure we talked about earlier is now like real. Real. It's real. Thank it's you, real. dude. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Jim from the incredible Jimmy Eat World. Something that I cannot actually get my head around, but it did take place. It was face to face and it was just one of my favourite interviews. I didn't actually have that interview planned and it came about on the spot. It was just one of these spontaneous moments where Jim had some free time. I got some really big guts from somewhere and just asked him if he'd come on the podcast. I was expecting five minutes tops. The guy's really busy and he's got to headline the festival that day. But he took his time. I think we had 20 minutes in the end and I couldn't be more grateful for his time. It was unbelievable. A highlight for me in my podcasting career. And I'm so, so grateful. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it. The links are all on markandme.com. On there, there's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. It really is just the touch of a button to retweet an episode or post it on your stories on Instagram or just share it along your Facebook group or just share it on your group of Facebook friends. It costs you nothing, takes two seconds and makes a massive difference for Mark and me. Anyone that might be a fan of Jimmy World might see that tweet or that Instagram comment or that Facebook and honestly before you know it they're a big fan of Mark and me. It's the way I do marketing. I don't have this huge budget to get out there and promote the podcast. It's all about word of mouth and it's worked till now. So please, if you've enjoyed today, share, share, share. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, I do also have a Patreon account. This allows me to go out there like you heard and do these festivals, gigs and record lots of interviews for you guys at home. All the available links are on markandme.com, but via Patreon, it literally costs just a pound a month. And for that, you get a guaranteed episode For that, you get a guaranteed eight episodes every month. You get an exclusive badge just for signing up. You get some stickers and some exclusive episodes that are coming real soon. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. As I said, for me, it's one of my absolute highlights. I still don't believe it's real, but I'm never going to question it. Thanks for listening. And until the next episode, look after yourself, take care, listen to Jimmy Eat World, and I'll speak to you all very soon.